Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and fascinating women who talk about their projects as well as their own lives as evolving women. I'm your host, Nicole Christina. And if you like the podcast, you'll love my newly updated companion online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. Learn more at NicoleChristina.com. Well, I have my coffee in my hand and my little Jack Russell Sparky right beside me. So let's begin. I'm really excited today. We have a special guest, Christy Nelson, who is the executive director of A Network for Grateful Living, which was founded by brother David Stindl Rost, an Austrian Benedict monk, and is a nonprofit organization which offers support to tens of thousands of people around the world who want to live their lives more gratefully more of the time. Christie's worked with the Center for Mindfulness in Medicine, Healthcare, and Society with John Cabot Zinn, the Soul of Money Institute with Lynn Twist, and was the Director of Development at Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. In her 40s, she received a graduate certificate in business in sociology from Boston College and her master's in public administration with a concentration in leadership studies from Harvard in 2008. 24 years ago, Christy went through two years of surgery and treatment for stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma that had metastasized to her spine. Even so, she lives with great zest and gratitude for her life every day. Welcome, Christy. Thank you. It's great to hear all that. It's a big, that's a big introduction. Thank you so much. Yes, you have been hanging around with the, <laughs> the big guns here, John Kabat-Zinn and Brother David and, and Lynn Twist. You've been really um, doing a lot of work with some of the major powers in mm. in, in mindfulness. Um, yeah, I, can... I like to call it spiritual social change. Ah. People um. who are looking at changing the world one person at a time, transforming our world, really, but through the portal of the personal, and that it's really, it's not just political social change, it's really spiritual social change. So it's changing the deep essence of how we live our lives. And, and I have indeed in that work gotten to work with some of the most amazing people in the world. I'm really, really lucky and so grateful to be with you today. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. You know, we, we hear a lot about gratitude. In fact, I think many years ago, Oprah came on the scene with gratitude journals, and it's really actually a buzzword. I did a presentation yesterday and sort of had to ask for a little forgiveness from my, my audience saying, okay, we're going to talk about gratitude. Don't roll your eyes. I know <laughs> it's, it's a buzzword. But can you talk about the difference? difference between gratitude and grateful living, or maybe the essence of gratefulness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great place to start, because I get it that gratitude is kind of an eyeball roller these days. I like to, to think about the way that people are talking about gratitude in our culture right now is, is kind of like we've talked about the pursuit of happiness. 
Um, I think people have this whole idea of it's something to add to your to-do list, you know, get more gratitude, you know, <laughs> feel more mm-hmm. grateful, pursue mm-hmm. more happiness. Mm-hmm. And, it becomes and work out, ha- go to the gym, yeah, check, right, exactly. eat your meditate, kale, check. <laughs> meditate, exactly, check, check, check. And, and for most people, it's super hard to check those things off their list on a day-to-day basis because life often doesn't give us the reasons to be grateful that we are longing for or that, you know, so I think gratitude is one of those things I like to call it a reaction or a response. Uh, that's how we usually deal with gratitude. It's something, when something goes our way, when the lights are all green and we're driving down the highway and we get all green lights, um, when we get just the gift that we really want, we feel gratitude. We feel gratitude when things go our way and it tends to be fleeting and it's often somewhat transactional. It's like, oh, I got something I wanted. Now I feel grateful and now that's over. Um, and gratefulness is a very different, it's a way of being. It's actually, we like to call it an orientation to life. Mm-hmm. And what that means is you basically wake up grateful. That you're not waiting for something to happen and you're not orchestrating your life so that you've got more experiences of gratitude. You're waking up and you're saying, wow, it's amazing to make it another day. This is incredible to be alive. And it's taking nothing for granted. So when you take nothing for granted, you experience everything as a gift, honestly. And it's an incredible way to live your life because, wow, I've got two feet I can stand on. I can walk today. I can see today because it often can be otherwise. And sometimes it is otherwise. And we know by virtue of losing things sometimes, losing people we love, dealing with illness in our lives. Um, I like to use the example of a power outage. You know, when the electricity goes out for a couple of days, which it sometimes does around New England where I live, um, when it comes back on, I remember having no electricity for four days one time. And when it comes back on, you just cannot believe how grateful you are for electricity. Mm-hmm. And then it wears off. Or you break an arm and then you're, you get the cast off and you cannot believe how grateful you are to have use of your arm and it wears off. And so I think there's lots of things in life that make us treasure our lives and the gifts of our lives that often are what we would call kind of near misses. You know, you almost have a car accident and you survive and you say, you go home and you say, Oh my God, you know, I'm so happy that I have my life. And then where does that go in those moments when we're not acutely reminded of how important this gift of life is and to appreciate all of the privileges that we have of our bodies and technology? And, you know, we live in a culture that wants to keep us always wanting more and more and more and that we think we need to have more and better in order to really feel grateful. And so we actually do something very different, which is, to take all of that away. It's not orchestrating your life so that everything goes exactly as you think it should go and goes your way all the time and the lights aren't always green. But how do we feel grateful anyway? That's kind of the essence of what mm-hmm. gratefulness really is. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about, I know you have a very 
serious medical history. And how did this all come about for you? Were you always a, a, a grateful person or was it the diagnosis of your illness that kicked this up? Mm. Well, the, you know, this position with this organization came my way. It was just an extraordinary serendipity. Um, and I had never really thought a lot about gratefulness before until I encountered this work. But I would say I was a pretty grateful person before I got cancer. Um, but the experience of having an illness that was that serious, and it was in my early 30s, which is a time when I think most people think that life is going to stretch out in front of them and they can make all kinds of plans for their 40s and their 50s and their 60s. And they take a lot for granted. We all take a lot for granted, I think, at that stage of life particularly. And it's interesting that you're asking this question because I just had this memory of someone saying to me in the midst of my illness, wow, your peer group is now people in their 70s and 80s who are facing this prospect of not being alive and not being able to take anything for granted and dealing with a body that's aging and things not always going your way. And how does that wake us up when we have experiences like that? And then how do we stay awake? How do we stay awake mm -hmm. to the gifts of life? And, and that's really been my path ever since I survived, I think 24 years ago, is how do I stay awake to this feeling of gratefulness, this gratefulness of my life and gratefulness for life, no matter what happens, even if I get cancer again, how do I stay really attuned to the, the blessing that life really is and the things that are in my life that are so extraordinary that we often completely overlook and we think of them as ordinary? And I think it's tricky, you know, knowing a little bit about the human brain is we're great at adapting, yeah. right? So, um, so true. the idea of how do I stay awake might take quite a lot of intention, um, I'm guessing, because uh, naturally we just get used to things, whether they're good or they're bad, we just adapt. It's true. It's true. I think we... I think we're, we're better at adapting to the gifts of our lives than the things that aren't going well in certain ways. I just think that's interesting. I think we always have a bit of disgruntlement when things aren't going well because we have a lot to compare it to about how it could be better, whether we, it used to be better for us or other people have it better or our society and media have tons of images about how it could be better and we're besieged by those in our lives. But I think that you know, it's so often the case that, you know, just to have a refrigerator and a washer dryer, you know, I remember reading something by Glennon Doyle mm -hmm. um, about her kitchen, you know, about just staying grateful for what we have, the miracle of having a tap with water, you know, how do we stay awake to those things so that we, I think one of the things really, uh, Nicole, is that it's, it's a practice, like anything is a practice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think if we don't do a lot to remind ourselves to stay grateful for what's in our lives, yes. we do get co-opted by all the messages outside of us and all the comparisons and everything. And I think it's a really deep practice. And it's, as you say, it's a real commitment. Uh, it takes a lot of intention. 
and we need and reminders energy. all the time. Yeah, you know, and energy. I think I, I was, as I said, I was teaching this uh, group last yesterday, and I, I talk. I gave the example of you know, it's it's been very hot in on the East Coast, and talking about I got in my car, drove over here, and of course I'm going to get in my car. It starts. It has air conditioning. <laughs> These are assumptions that I make, and that that really should um, I should give a pause to say, here I am. I know my car's going to start. I know I can get where I need to go. I know I won't be dripping with sweat when I get there and I'll find a parking space. I'll walk in. I'll do, you know, it, but it takes energy to remind yourself to, uh, remember. I, I totally agree. And I think it takes intention. You know, what takes energy away from us is complaining. The most energetic, you know, drain that I experience in my life is dissatisfaction, complaining, not enoughness, comparison, scarcity. Mm. Those are the things that actually take energy. So it's interesting. In my experience, I totally agree with you. And I get and I think your example is a perfect one, which is we would know to appreciate our car starting and air conditioning and being able to get to somewhere we're supposed to get on time very quickly if we have a contrasting experience immediately beforehand. <laughs> we break down, the air conditioning right. doesn't work, we arrive late, yep. absolutely bes- you know, besotted with sweat. <laughs> you know, Then you know, then you say, wow, I'm so right. grateful. Um, and then that, but that too goes away. Uh, so I think I really do think you're exactly right, which is it takes daily reminders, which is one of the reasons why we call this a practice. We call grateful living a practice. And it's kind of in every moment. And you, you know, this whole idea of write three things in your journal at night before you go to bed and it'll help you sleep better. That's really nice. And how did you go through your day um, Mm -hmm. to get to that point? You know, did you were you cognizant of what you were grateful for? Are we going to kind of reserve our gratitude for the journal alone at night in the last three minutes before sleep to try to pull up three things that we're grateful for? I really commend that as a practice, and it's part of certainly something that we all do. But I think there's something important to also really waking up gratefully and to starting our day gratefully and to experiencing and expressing gratitude throughout our days And that does take, as you were saying, we have to shift our sense of entitlement. Uh, Entitlement's a big word or assumptions or expectations. Mm -hmm. Those things that can really inhibit our gratitude are are when we feel really entitled to something different or we have all those assumptions and expectations like you're talking about that contribute to taking pretty miraculous things for granted, honestly. Mm -hmm. So this might be difficult, but... Could you describe waking up grateful and what it actually looks like? Like if I could be sort of a fly on the wall uh, um, during your day, you're describing this as very different than having your pretty journal and saying, you know, and I've read uh, Emmons work um, and he does a lot of really interesting stuff sort of methods of of being grateful and looks at the brains and some really nice changes in the brains and all that but you're talking about something different you're talking about an it's like you're saturated Mm -hmm. 
What? So what would it look like if I were a fly on the wall? You wouldn't. <laughs> it would not be very interesting. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm looking, I'm thinking about my day so far today and thinking, God, you know, this would make a terrible reality TV series. Um, but I think it's more about what isn't necessarily obvious. But here's the thing. It's about noticing. Mm. So I start my day with noticing that I'm waking up. Mm. So super simple, right? But wow. And part of that, what that requires, which is not to everyone's liking or not everyone's cup of tea, to be perfectly frank, is remembering that it could be otherwise. Mm -hmm. So not everybody who thought they were going to wake up today woke up today. And that's not necessarily a morbid thought. It's just a reality. Um, and it's a hard reality and a sad reality. We've all lost people in our lives and we've mm -hmm. all faced things that could have had it be otherwise. But the fact that we're waking up today, I love to start my day. And I just like to say, I have thank you on my lips. Mm. I, I, I wake up and I, I, I know it's going to be a day that is going to be better when I can wake up and just be thankful for the fact of waking up. Mm. Then I, I, and I take a moment often to really relish that experience of appreciation for the gift of another day. Um, if we can start there, it's pretty amazing what, and I'm really being honest, but it's, it's amazing what then the entire rest of the day goes like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's these, you know, Mother Teresa and Meister Eckhart and different, all kinds of different thought leaders and spiritual leaders and even Oprah Winfrey. And, you know, people will say there's no greater kind of prayer or practice than being able to be grateful. But I think it's misunderstood often as, we wait for something good to happen and then we have gratitude versus really cultivating an inner experience of being grateful for, for just for here. So then for me, that's about the, so it looks like in my morning, really treasuring the shower, really relishing the ability to brush my teeth, to look at myself, to notice that I'm still here. I'm almost 60 not bad for almost 60, you know, here I am, you know, it's like, I can see, you know, I have a friend who's blind. So it reminds me, having a friend who's blind reminds me to not take my sight for granted. Whoa, talk about, you know, our senses. So there's just this way, if we want to be happy, so Brother David, one of his most famous quotes is, it is not happiness that makes us grateful. It is gratefulness that makes us happy. So it's backing into that experience. And if we want to be happier, if we want to have more present moments, I call it living a life of presence, perspective, and possibility. If we want more presence, if we want more perspective on our lives and in our life, and we want more sense of possibility, it really makes sense to cultivate gratefulness from the second you wake up in the morning. And just every once in a while, just stop, pause, notice, look around, mm. be aware. It's an awareness practice, just like mm -hmm. mindfulness is an mm -hmm. awareness practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about uh, what you're talking about. This whole day is just peppered with these are gifts, these are gifts, notice, notice. Yeah. And I'm thinking that in order to do that, you have to be going slowly. 
Mm. You can't be zooming through your day, going through the drive through checking your Facebook, mm. listening to your, you know, I mean, you, there has to be some space. So perfectly said. And it's the biggest challenge of all. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's true, Nicole, for everything in life that we are able to develop greater appreciation and participation and to show up more fully when we slow down. Mm. And in our culture right now, mm. slowing down is one of the most radical. <laughs> it's, it is. Active it's, rebellion. It is. So I think like you talk about knitting, you know, cultivating hobbies and practices that send a message to your nervous system that you can calm down and slow down and pay attention and still survive and still be part of the world. It <laughs> won't li- miss anything important. Oh, FOMO, right. FOMO, yeah. fear of missing oh, out, you know. So ridiculous. It's I mean, huge. I, you know, this Twitter thing is just kicking my butt. <laughs> I have to say, you know, and I love this. I teach it, I do it, and I'm on the Twitter. Hmm. And it's because, of course, Twitter tells you when you have a notification, someone's shared, you know, for my podcast. And I'm thinking, wow, that's such an amazing retweet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, for goodness sake. Well, it's worth celebrating. It's an awesome thing when those things happen. But if we realize that we're actually in some ways held captive, our attention Mm. is hijacked. Our attention Mm -hmm. is hijacked. Throughout our days, usually from the first second we get up in the morning. So one of the really nice things about waking up thankful and mm-hmm. and stopping to notice in the morning, first thing. And even if you get up and you sit up and you swing your legs over the side of the bed and you're sitting mm-hmm. there, it's never too late to stop to notice that you're grateful because the rest of the day, your attention is going to be sought after and you're going to be in reaction. We are going to be reacting a lot of the rest of the day to what's happening. So I love David White. Do you know him as a poet? I don't. Oh my gosh. He is just phenomenal. He says um, something about the office of prayer, or I would say the office of, you know, because this is, we're not a religious organization, but the, if you kind of think the office of the sacred or the office of contemplation is most open. The doors are most open at a new dawn. Mm-hmm. So our doors to the most sacred aspects of our lives, to our deepest attention, they're most open at a new dawn. Mm-hmm. So seize that moment mm-hmm. because it's going to be harder throughout the day, as you say, and we've got Instagram and Facebook and all these things. And mm-hmm. it's super hard not to multitask and it's super hard mm-hmm. to be fully present um, mm-hmm. for our lives and to keep pausing and saying, I'm grateful. I mean, we, you know, there's little silly things, but putting little sticky notes around on things is mm-hmm. not the stupidest thing in the world. It seems silly, <laughs> but it actually is a helpful reminder. Um, I like to think of it as kind of guerrilla tactics, you know, like um, for staying grateful. Guerrilla grat- gratitude. Tactics. It is. Well, we're, we're actually putting out a toolkit that's going to, that is called that something like that. So but it's it's really guerrilla tactics for staying grateful in your life. Mm. And that can involve little sticky notes, little reminders. Mm. We send out a, what we call our word for the day. It's a quote every morning. And people say for them, that's their way of practicing as their first email of the day is this inspiring quote by a thought leader and mm-hmm. having questions. So I think it is about instilling those 
actions and practices and reminders throughout our day, making sure we have relationships with people. Think about mm -hmm. all the relationships in our lives that can either orient us toward more gratitude or away from it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being selective about the places we spend our time and put our attention. It's a really worthwhile undertaking. That mm -hmm. sounds so wise. So let me, this, this might be a little bit more difficult to talk about and to think about. <laughs> I love that but you're going. I love that yeah, you're going more yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going down into love a little it. deeper. But you and I both have had cancer. Mm. And I'm thinking about some of the parts of that journey. Mm. And, you know, boy, it's hard to even put into words mm -hmm. what chemo is like oh, for boy. people who haven't been yeah. there. And there's so many aspects of it that are so horrifying. But <laughs> think I, of it, turning your body inside out like a sock. <laughs> yeah, like pretty bad. Yeah. And then, of course, you're anticipating it because you know yeah. that you just started feeling better mm. um, because there's, you know, depending on your treatment, there's a week or two gap and, yeah. you know, you're just starting to feel human and then, you know, they Boom. zap you again. But and, you know, you have I don't know how your treatment was, but I knew I had about eight hours after an infusion mm. um, to, to sort of get what done what I need to get done. So we're Love in those steroids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's this place of, I would say, you know, absolute terror and yeah. absolute, you know, this annihilation fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And where, how can we in those darkest times also feel grateful? Mm -hmm. It's it's a great question, and it's one that we try with, I love the way that the word gratefulness has the gratefulness in it, the gratefulness, which means everything, leaning into the gratefulness of life, which means, you know, the magic, the mystery, and the misery, and the mess, <clears throat> excuse me, the magic, the mystery, the misery, and the mess, um, and if we can lean into those things. So I, I know just from my own experience, which again, 24 years ago, 25 years ago, I knew that my life, I was, you know, and we don't have to tell all our worst stories, but mm -hmm. I was in a hospital bed for many months, couldn't leave the hospital because I had fevers. Um, and then, you know, chemotherapy and radiation. And it was a lot, many surgeries and was a long journey. And I remember thinking, you know, at 33 years old, it can feel like, wait a minute now, you know, everybody else in my life is kind of making plans for the future. And here my future is being kind of taken away. And how do I cope with that and everything? And so it really did truncate life to the moment. It really does bring it all in. So it's what you got is what you got. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, if I never get out of this hospital, am I going to... Am I going to let love be taken away from me, my ability to love the people who are around me? Or am I going to say, this is my new life right now, and I can love the technicians who are giving me treatment, and the nurses, and the people who are cleaning my hospital room, and my doctors. I can work as hard as I can to love what's here and what's now, and who's here and who's now. Or I can say, I'm going to save love for when I get out of here, which might not happen. Um, so I remember that reckoning, which was pretty powerful. 
And I decided not to save my love, but to say, can I be a source of love and healing and affirmation for all these people around me who are taking care of me and many of whom struggle with their jobs? It's not so easy to give chemotherapy every day. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. And then, and then the other thing is, you know, with grateful living or with gratefulness, even in the most difficult moments, I guess the idea really is, what is the opportunity in the moment? And the opportunity in the moment, according to Brother David, is always to be able to learn something, to grow, to have insight, to love, to be generous as much as we can be, to kind of get beyond the experience of the self. And that often changes the experience right in the moment. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing when you, when one of us is suffering which happens to all of us all the time because we are, how powerful it can be to attend to the suffering of someone whose suffering is actually greater. And there's always people whose suffering is greater or equal to ours. Mm -hmm. And when we can get beyond that, it's an incredibly powerful medicine um, to think about. And I often think about my one of my worst days of my life right now is for some people one of their best days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Like that's the perspective mm -hmm. enhancement mm -hmm. that even in the most difficult days that we have treatment for cancer, my grandmother died of cancer. She didn't, all they could do was blood transfusions when she had cancer. There was no treatment that you and I have had access to and so many other people have access, as barbaric, barbaric as it is, we're still alive mm -hmm. because of so many modern advances in medicine Mm -hmm. that aren't pleasant to endure often but boy do i feel a debt of gratitude to all the people who have developed i was lying in an mri machine this past saturday because i'm actually going through another cancer scare right now mm. um so i'll just say that for the sake of it um and it looks like i may have to have surgery again and everything but i was uh lying there in the mri machine and i had an mri of a long one, hour and a half, abdomen and pelvis, and um, on Saturday this past week and uh, weekend, and I just I practiced as hard as I could, seeing what I could be grateful for in those moments, mm. and to lie there and feel like thank you to the people who developed this technology of the MRI, mm -hmm. thank you to the people who made these machines, the people who are running them, the people who are going to read my results. It was kind of a you know, I just kept trying as my way instead of music. <laughs> I said, no, I don't need music through my earbuds. But can I, you know, I challenged myself um, privately. Can I just make this whole hour and a half as much as I can a gratefulness meditation? It sounds it, like a prayer. Well, I think if you, if we stretch ourselves and it's a prayer, but it's, it's literally to, I think it's saying thank you for all of those things, the unnameable, unknowable people who have worked to give our lives mm -hmm. the comfort and the blessings that we have, it's a pretty powerful practice because it's kind of never ending. You can mm -hmm. saturate your day and your life with the ability to say thank you. It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily to a higher power or to God or, you know, whatever we would say, um, a spiritual figure as much as to the universe in some way, you know, to the source of all blessings. Wow. This is a blessing to be able to have MRI technology at this stage in my life. Uh, how much better that is than the CAT scans I used to have to endure. So 
I, I think it is, it's a constant practice, but I think it's one that unless we talk about it with each other, and unless we invite each other forth to what is, you know, is there something inside that difficulty that you can be grateful for right now? Because the truth is, we look back on our difficulties often, and don't we experience a lot of sometimes that the feeling of there are gifts that came of our most difficult situations when we look mm-hmm. backward? Mm-hmm. Can we harvest our experiences in the moment a little bit more for what might be our future ability to be grateful? Can we kind of close that window and gap so it's not 10 years later that I can look back on this moment and say, boy, I was really grateful for that MRI. What if we could Mm. shrink the window of time between Mm. the challenging experiences in our lives and our ability to cultivate gratitude Mm -hmm. for the lessons? I was just going to say, um, I'm thinking about your MRI experience. And one of the things I did, and it wasn't in a planning sort of strategic way, but when any of my caregivers, I I guess I would say, was particularly thoughtful or gentle or kind, I wrote them a thank you note. Mm -hmm. And this was just, I don't know, it was very spontaneous, but it it felt really important to let them know that that mattered. Yeah, I think this is not, and even my thank you practice in the MRI machine was not premeditated. It's not, and you don't want to, do things that feel like they're um, contrived mm-hmm. or overly orchestrated. Mm-hmm. But what a beautiful thing to follow the impulse because one of my favorite sayings, it was my sign off on my email for a long time. Let's see if I can remember it now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, feeling grateful and not expressing it is like uh, wrapping a gift and not giving it. Mm-hmm. Feeling grateful and not expressing it is like wrapping a gift and not mm-hmm. giving it. So what you did was you gave the gift mm-hmm. of your gratitude. And it's an extraordinary gift to give somebody when you feel grateful for something that they've done or given to you. And, and it gives back to you. That's one thing we do know is that makes your brain light up True. and True. the person who you've just thanked. That's so, right. Thank you for doing that. I love that. And caregivers, <laughs> caregivers often don't get thanked very well or very much, do they? I, I, I I think that is very true Um, and it makes such a difference when you're feeling vulnerable and afraid and ill you know when somebody is just gentle or kind Mm. and they may be in their own gratitude practice you know who knows what's happening but it really is it's it's doesn't go unnoticed that's really a nice way to put it and I would say we're all vulnerable and so kindness, you know, I love that quote too, I'm spouting off all these quotes and seeing if I can remember them, but, you know, be gentle because you never know what kind of battle someone is facing. Even Boy, the people who true. look most intact and most oh, yeah. whatever is, is that sense of kindness and gentleness and empathy mm-hmm. towards ourselves and towards other people for what we don't know is transpiring. And some people have a lot of scars that aren't so visible and some people have more readily visible scars and so just tending to one another with gratitude, I think, is a really beautiful practice, no matter what, always called for. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. So if you were going to um, give our listening audience some ideas about how to start, it sounds like you start when you wake up. Mm. I think that that's one. I be... think, yeah. yeah, thank you. That's a, it's a great um, question and I just want to 
offer one little practice, which I think is a good one. Um, and it's something that can be pretty revolutionary for people. And so I would leave by, by inviting people to consider this practice, which is think about the things that you have to get done today. Um, you know, my list is long. Uh, and everybody has a long to-do list, especially when we wake up in the morning, right? We've got the whole day ahead of us and all these intentions and plans, things that we have to get done and obligations and responsibilities. That's really a lot what it is too. And write down, we, I often write it down or tell people to write it down or speak it out loud to somebody. I have to do this. I have to go grocery shopping. I have to clean this. I have to go somewhere. I have to take care of somebody, whatever. I have to, I have to, I have to. And just change that word I have to to I get to. Mm. just mm. one simple change three letters instead of four letters you know mm. i get to go grocery shopping i get to take care of somebody i get mm. to run an errand i get to clean my house because it always could be otherwise so that's the beginning also of a practice which it's a wonderful way to also interrupt a pattern in our culture that's really pervasive which is people feeling like victims of their own lives including ourselves mm. You know, I have to do this, I have to do that. And you, and as soon as you start this practice for yourself, you start noticing how much people say it around you and how much people feel kind of at the effect of their own lives rather than that they affect their own lives. And so there's a, it's a great way of reclaiming something, but also to recognize the privilege. I get to drive to the store and go grocery shopping. I have enough money. I can go buy myself good food. So it starts to frame that into both um, a blessing, but also a privilege, you know, that we really are, like you're saying, exactly, I have to go do this talk and get in my car and drive. Boy, I get to go do this talk and I get to get in my car and I get to turn on the air conditioning and listen to music and, and have or have quiet moments thinking about something. So that small shift from mm-hmm. I have to to I get to is, is a real um, stake in the ground for grateful living is beginning to start inventorying what our blessings are and what our privileges are and not taking them for granted. That's one of the key, key things. I think about, you know, who who's listening now, and they're mostly overwhelmingly actually women 50 and over, and we know there are a lot of opportunities and freedoms and adventures, but there's also loss. Mm-hmm. And you just can't get away from, you know, if you have children, they may have uh, moved on already or they're getting ready to move on. You know, there's a whole reassessment of relationship, partnership, marriage, uh, you know, body isn't doing what it might have isn't looking how it it used to you know there there's so many pieces of it's like adolescence in a sense that the whole identity is shifting you know as a woman now you know what is my value now that I may not look a certain way and all of this stuff and it's quite a um quite a challenge for you know my clients talk about this like what now where do I go I don't even know who I am anymore I used to be a full-time mom now I you know now I'm not and I'm looking at maybe towards the end of my career I may have 30 years left I may not who knows so there's this sort of like lost on the you know without an anchor feeling it's a reset Um, there's a big reset it's a reset and I think of gratitude sort 
sort of as ballast, Mm -hmm. you know, for some of these losses that in a way it sort of helps stabilize like the whole system. Yes, um, you know, I may whatever my my clothes fit differently or you know my hair's gray I have wrinkle blah 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 and yet and, and there's yet. this sort of you know and yet and yet and yet I, is another great practice mm-hmm. and yet mm-hmm. so always having that and yet and I think you're exactly right I think we we give ourselves the gift of this balm I like to think of it as a balm like when you mm-hmm. put something soothing on a wound and you cut mm-hmm. yourself or something there's a, a sense of a balm um, of treasuring our bodies as they change, staying open to appreciating our, our capacity for how much feeling we have, our vulnerability, holding the paradox of feeling vulnerable and also strong and just making more spaciousness and appreciating ourselves in the midst of this and, and the gifts we have of life. It's a great for people who are going through transitions it's a great reset to really cultivate a gratefulness practice. Mm-hmm. It, it's a powerful way to refocus our attention and to put our, plant ourselves in the moment with perspective. We often focus on what we've lost, not on what we still have. We focus on you know, what used to be, not what's still here. And yet, and yet, and yet I have this. So I think it's a very, as you say, it's a rudder or a ballast for a life well lived and for recommitting ourselves to our own well-being definitely grateful living or gratitude or gratefulness is a deeply powerful foundation to start building underneath our lives and as a as a kind of a, a constant throughout the ways that we live our days I think about one client in particular I'm I'm working with who's just going through a very very difficult time and it's tricky. It can be very tricky, you know, as a as a therapist. I don't want to come in and say, okay, all these things are falling apart. You're scared to death. But let's think of the, you know, I don't want it to come out like, oh, let's look at the bright side. Right. You no, know? No, no. <laughs> um, no, because you don't want to dismiss anyone's, none of us want to have our, yes. our sources of suffering dismissed. Oh, Lordy. Exactly. That's... So the idea of the paradox where you are on your knees with yes. grief, and yet mm. you're, you know, you're indoors, and you're safe, and you're blah, 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 to hold that. Um, it's a great question, Nicole, I think right there is, is there also something you can notice right now that that brings you a feeling of gratitude? Is there also something you can notice that you're appreciating? Is there also something you can notice that you're grateful for as opposed to, as opposed to, instead of, right? Nobody wants to have what's hard taken away from them because we validate that. And then as well, what else is going well? What else, what is working? Sometimes it's so easy with our bodies to think about all the things that aren't working. The body is a great place to practice because there's bazillions of things that are working all the time for us to even be able to be breathing for Mm -hmm. our hearts and our cells. Mm -hmm. And so the body is this amazing place to really study and start uh, appreciating what is working because as long as we're still breathing, there's more working than is not working at any time. I, I, I will say that to like when I do presentations and I talk about gratitude, you know, we think we're really 
special because we can make an iPhone, but try to make a GI system, a human, <laughs> you know, human gut. Uh, we just don't know how to yeah. do it. Exactly. And on our website, which I should probably mention, which people can use as a resource, mm. uh, we have practices about the body, practices about our moods and our minds, our feelings, you know, and the practice about the body is amazing because there's all these statistics about just, you know, if we put all of our um, blood vessels together, they would wrap around the world. Okay, I'm not even going to remember how to say it right, but I think twice. Mm -hmm. It's just stunning. You know, a lot of blood vessels. How much oxygen, how many times we breathe in a day without even Mm -hmm. thinking about it. All the miraculous stuff that's going on all the time that we don't even need to put our attention on. It just happens to keep us here. So it's a slight shift. It's an and, not an instead of. Yes. And what is there that might be able to be available for your appreciation right now Mm -hmm. in your attention? That's very helpful. Thank you for your suggestions. I'm going to use that uh, (laughs) when I see my client. I love that. Yeah. Well, Mm. yeah. Thank you so much for what you do and for bringing so much goodness to the world and um, through this podcast and through what you what you offer and your commitments and values and so I'm very very happy to be here and would love to have this work be of service to people in any way that it can be tell tell me the uh, the website that people can go to because it sounds like there's lovely resources oh it's awesome we call it an online sanctuary And people come 24 hours a day from all over the world. We have thousands of visitors every day who come and practice. There's all kinds of tools for practice. There's free e-cards and candles that you can light. Candles. That is that a fairly new addition? Oh, that's been here for years, years and years. We have, I think it's 22. Let me just check. I think it's 22 million candles have been lit on our website. Let me just check and see. Um, I don't want to give you the wrong data, but it's. 21 million oh my candles goodness. have been lit from 194 countries. So every day people come to our website and light a candle and, you know, in a secular way and a way to just, you know, commit to your intentions and a way to pray, whatever, and bless other people like somebody I know is going through surgery right now. So we light a candle. So just oh. candles and e-cards and there's daily questions and word for the day. And there's a journal, there's an online journal. It's all free because oh. we're a nonprofit organization. And our website URL is gratefulness.org. Okay. G-R-A-T-E-F-U-L-N-E-S-S.org. And just think of gratefulness and come find us. And there's community. There's people there. There's lots of different ways that people can make a difference in their lives. And I am going to be teaching a workshop at Kripalu, which mm-hmm. I know you have a, a relationship with Kripalu. So in November, um, uh-huh. there's a, a weekend workshop on everyday gratitude. and. Uh-huh. So would love to have any of your listeners come and join us in November. Yes, yes. Everyday Gratitude. Yep, it's also a wonderful book. We published a book this year that's really beautiful with story publishing, and it's called Everyday Gratitude. You can find that online or all over in stores, too. And who is, uh, who's the author? It's a network for Grateful Living and Christy Nelson. Me, little old humble me. So I just wrote the introduction, Brother David wrote the foreword, and then it's our word for the day. It's a bunch of, as you say, we need reminders. It's beautiful quotes, illustrated beautifully with watercolor and hand calligraphy words. Oh. And, then it, and then, so for each day, and then it's got a daily question 
that relates to that quote. So you open it up and you read a quote, and then it's got a question for reflection to take you through the day. And it's a great way to start your day or end your day. I think it's a, it's a beautiful practice. And they just, so it was published on April 6th. It's a little moment to celebrate. And they had to do another, a 15,000 run print was done on April 6th. They had to do another one within the month of April. And they've just added a third 20,000 reprint. Oh. Um, because it's, it's so, people just love it. It's called oh. Everyday Gratitude. And People are hungry, hungry for this. Absolutely. We're so raw. And yeah. so I was talking to um, a guest yesterday. She runs a writing community for moral injury. Mm. And we were just talking about how, you know, this, this idea that a lot of us are generally feeling those kinds of feelings mm. <laughs> yeah. living living in yeah. the world today and yeah. oh my goodness that that's sounds... a powerful term moral injury and i think you know kind of having our moral compass mm -hmm. is just so critical in these times and knowing what we stand for in our own integrity and so you know thank you for lifting up resources and people who are offering this to the world we all need it we all need mm -hmm. each other right now so much mm -hmm. Christy, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, and it's so heartfelt, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sending my best good thoughts for your, you know, what's going on for you right now medically. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I feel really, I feel an amazing amount of ease about it, so that's a, for me, that's a really good sign. No matter what happens, I'm just, I can feel the effects of the practice. Nicole, that's what's really interesting, and, and people around me notice it with this possibility looming and, you know, just what I'm going through right now. It just is amazing to feel the difference of how I'm able to greet it and hold it all right now with all of the unknown and to feel as mm -hmm. much peace as I do. So that I would wish for everyone. And so mm -hmm. I know that it makes a difference over time, these commitments that we hold through how we live our days, you know, moments of our days, every moment. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Talk to you again, I hope. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com slash Zestful Aging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.